Space Blue Talk podcast and radio show starts now. Welcome to Jory's Blue Talk podcast and radio show, the show that makes talk wish it wasn't. I'm Jory Rowe, and I'm your host, and today we're going to talk about the Blue Talk, rather, bios, or biography of somebody, and we're going to be talking about Abraham Lincoln this evening, and we're going to talk about his life, what he did as a president, and everything there is to know for the most part about Lincoln. And he was an American lawyer and statesman who served as the 16th president of the United States from 1861 until his assassination in 1865. Lincoln led the nation through the American Civil War and succeeded in preserving the Union, abolishing slavery, bolstering the federal government, and modernizing the U.S. economy. So let's talk briefly about the facts here. Like I said, he's the 16th president of the United States, and he is in office from March 4th of 1861 to April 15th of 1865. His vice president was Hannibal Hamlin from 1861 to 1865, and Andrew Johnson from March through April of 1865. And he is preceded by James Buchanan and succeeded by Andrew Johnson. And he was a member of the U.S. House of Representatives in Illinois' 7th District. So, yeah, personal details was he was born February 12th, 1809 in Hodgensville, Kentucky, of the U.S., and he died April 15th, 1865, at aged 56 in Washington, D.C., in the U.S. His cause of death was ballistic trauma, as he was assassinated by a gunshot wound to the head. His resting place is in Lincoln's tomb in Springfield, Illinois. And his political party participation, he was a Whig, and I've heard of the Whigs. I'm not sure exactly how they go about their beliefs and their ideas, but 1854, and then he was a Republican from 1854 to 1864, and from 1864 to 1865, he was of the National Union. His height, good grief, he is taller than me, six foot four inches. His spouse's name was Mary Todd. Children, Robert, Edward, Willie, and Tad. And his parents were Thomas Lincoln and Nancy Hanks. Relatives were the Lincoln family. He was a politician and lawyer. And he did serve in the military called the Illinois Militia in 1832. He was the rank of a captain. And before that, he was a private. And he, his battles and wars that he fought in was the American Indian Wars, Black Hawk War, Battle of Kellogg's Grove and the Battle of Stillman's Run. But Lincoln was born into poverty in a log cabin in Kentucky and was raised on the frontier, primarily in Indiana. He was a self-educated and became a lawyer, Whig Party leader, Illinois state legislator, and U.S. congressman from Illinois. In 1849, he returned to his law practice, but became vexed by the opening of additional lands to slavery as a result of the Kansas-Nebraska Act of 1854. 
He re-entered politics in 1854, becoming a leader in the New Republican Party, and he reached a national audience in the 1858 Senate campaign debates against Stephen Douglas. Lincoln ran for president in 1860, sweeping the North to gain victory. Pro-slavery elements in the South viewed his election as a threat to slavery, which basically it was, and the southern states began seceding from the Union. No, we're not talking about plate tectonics here, because during this time the newly formed Confederate States of America began seizing federal military bases in the South. Just over one month after Lincoln assumed the presidency, the Confederate States attacked Fort Sumter, a U.S. fort in South Carolina. Following the bombardment, Lincoln mobilized forces to suppress the rebellion and restore the Union. But Lincoln, a moderate Republican, had to navigate a continuous area of factions with friends and opponents from both the Democratic and Republican parties. His allies, the War Democrats and the Radical Republicans, demanded harsh treatment of the Southern Confederates. Anti-war Democrats, also called Copperheads, despised Lincoln, and irreconcilable pro-Confederate elements plotted his assassination. He managed the factions by exploiting their mutual enmity, carefully distributing political patronage and appealing to the American people. His Gettysburg Address appealed to the nationalistic Republican egalitarian, libertarian, and democratic sentiments. Lincoln closely supervised the strategy and tactics in the war effort, thus including the selection of generals and implementing a naval blockade of the South's trade. He suspended habeas corpus in Maryland and averted British intervention by defusing the Trent Affair. In 1863, he issued the Emancipation Proclamation, if you studied your American history, you would know exactly what it is, which that declared the slaves in the states in rebellion to be free. It also directed the Army and Navy to recognize and maintain the freedom of such... Yeah. Hold on a second. I just lost track. Okay. Maintain the freedom of such persons and to receive them into armed services of the United States. But Lincoln also pressured the border states to outlaw slavery, and he promoted the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution, which upon its ratification abolished slavery. Lincoln managed his own successful re-election campaign. He sought to heal the war-torn nation through reconciliation. On April 14, 1865, just days after the war's end at Appomattox, he was attending a play at Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. with his wife Mary when he was fatally shot by Confederate sympathizer John Wilkes Booth. Abraham Lincoln is remembered as a martyr and a national hero for his wartime leadership and for his efforts to preserve the Union and abolish slavery. Lincoln is often ranked in both popular and scholarly polls as the greatest president in American history. Now we're going to talk a little bit about his early life here. Because he was born on February 12, 1809, and he was the second child of Thomas Lincoln and Nancy Hanks Lincoln, 
in a log cabin on a sinking spring farm near Hodgkinsville, Kentucky. He was a descendant of Samuel Lincoln, an Englishman who migrated from Hingham, Norfolk, to his namesake, Hingham, Massachusetts, in 1638. The family then migrated west, passing through New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. Lincoln's paternal grandparents, his namesake, Captain Abraham Lincoln, and wife, Bethesda, moved the family from Virginia to Jefferson County, Kentucky. The captain was killed in an Indian raid in 1786. His children, including eight-year-old Thomas, Abraham's father, witnessed the attack. Thomas then worked at odd jobs in Kentucky and Tennessee before the family settled in Hardin County, Kentucky in the early 1800s. I'm anxious to know what brought him to Illinois. The heritage of Lincoln's mother, Nancy, remains unclear, but it is widely assumed that she was the daughter of Lucy Hanks. Thomas and Nancy married on June 12, 1806 in Washington County and moved to Elizabethtown, Kentucky. They had three children. Sarah, Abraham, and Thomas, who died as an infant. Thomas Lincoln brought, bought or leased farms in Kentucky before losing all but 200 acres of his land in court disputes over property titles. In 1816, the family moved to Indiana, where land surveys and titles were more reliable. Indiana was a free, non-slaveholding territory, and they settled in an unbroken forest in Hurricane Township, Perry County, Indiana. In 1860, Lincoln noted that his family moved to Indiana was partly on account of slavery, but mainly due to land title difficulties. In Kentucky and Indiana, Thomas worked as a farmer cabinet maker, and carpenter. At various times, he owned farms, livestock, and town lots, paid taxes, sat on juries, appraised estates, and served on county patrols. Thomas and Nancy were members of the separate Baptist church, which forbade alcohol, dancing, and slavery. Overcoming financial challenges, Thomas in 1827 obtained clear title to 80 acres in Indiana, an area which became the Little Pigeon Creek community. Never knew anything like that. But now we're going to talk about his mother's death. On October 15, 1818, Nancy Lincoln succumbed to milk sickness, leaving 11-year-old Sarah in charge of a household including her father, 9-year-old Abraham, and Nancy's 19-year-old orphan cousin, Dennis Hanks. Ten years later, on January 20, 1828, Sarah died while giving birth to a stillborn son, devastating Lincoln. On December 2nd of 1819, Thomas married Sarah Bush Johnston, a widow from Elizabethtown, Kentucky, with three children of her own. Abraham became close to his grand, his stepmother and called her mother at that. Lincoln disliked hard labor associated with farm life. His family even said it, he was lazy for all the reading, scribbling, writing, ciphering, writing poetry, etc. His stepmother acknowledged she did not enjoy physical labor, but loved to read. Let's talk about Abraham Lincoln's education and moved to Illinois. 
Lincoln, on a large note, was self-educated. His formal schooling was from ignorant teachers. It included two short stints in Kentucky where he learned to read, but probably not to write, even at age seven, and in Indiana where he went to school sporadically due to farm chores for a total of less than 12 months in aggregate by the age of 15. He persisted as an avid reader in retaining a lifelong interest in learning. Family, neighbors, and schoolmates recalled that his reading included the King James Bible, Aesop's Fables, John Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress, Daniel Defoe's Robinson Crusoe, and the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin. And he read the entire King James Bible. Wow. He liked to read. But as a teen, Lincoln took responsibility for chores and customarily gave his father all the earnings from work outside the home until he was 21. Lincoln was tall, strong, athletic, and became adept at using an axe. He was active wrestler during his youth and trained in the rough catch-as-a-catch-can style, also known as catch wrestling. He became county wrestling champion at the age of 21. He gained a reputation for strength and audacity after winning a wrestling match with the renowned leader of Rufians known as the Clary's Grove Boys. In March of 1830, fearing another milk sickness outbreak, several members of the extended Lincoln family, including Abraham, moved west to Illinois, a free state, and settled in Macon County. Abraham then became increasingly distant from Thomas, in part due to his father's lack of education. In 1831, as Thomas and his other family prepared to move to a new homestead in Coles County, Illinois, Abraham struck out on his own. He made his home in New Salem, Illinois, for six years. Lincoln and some friends took goods by flatboat to New Orleans, Louisiana, where he was the first exposed to slavery. Now, in 1865, Lincoln was asked how he came to acquire his rhetorical skills. He answered that in the practice of law, he frequently came across the word demonstrate, but had insufficient understanding of the term. So he left Springfield for his father's home to study until he could give any proposition in the six books of Euclid, their reference in Euclid's elements, at sight. Now, he was married, and I have said he's got kids, so let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, uh, actually, we're going to hold off on that. We're going to take a break. When we come back on Jory's Blue Talk Podcast Radio Show, keep talking about Abraham Lincoln Bios this evening. We'll be back.
Can't get enough of radio? Tune in to Jory's Blue Talk podcast and radio show where there's never enough to talk about. You're listening to Jory's Blue Talk podcast and radio show streaming live and archived on the internet. All right, now we're back from the break, and today we are talking about Abraham Lincoln. Did a half-hour biography of Abe Lincoln, and what he was, who he was, and what he did. Let's talk about his marriage. Lincoln's first romantic interest was Anne Rutledge, whom he met when he moved to New Salem. By 1835, they were in a relationship, but not formally engaged. She died on August 25, 1835, most likely of typhoid fever. In the early 1830s, he met Mary Owens from Kentucky. Late in 1836, Lincoln agreed to a match with Owens if she returned to New Salem. Owens arrived that November and courted her for a time. However, they both had second thoughts. On August 16, 1837, he wrote Owens a letter saying he would not blame her if she ended the relationship, and she never replied. In 1839, Lincoln met Mary Todd in Springfield, Illinois, and the following year they became engaged. She was the daughter of Robert Smith Todd, a wealthy lawyer and businessman in Lexington, Kentucky. A wedding set for January 1st, 1841, was canceled at Lincoln's request, but they reconciled and uh, married on November 4th, 1842, in the Springfield mansion of Mary's sister. While anxiously preparing for the nuptials, he was asked where he was going, and he replied, To hell, I suppose. In 1844, the couple bought a house in Springfield near his law office. Mary kept house with the help of a hired servant and a relative. Lincoln was affectionate husband and father of four sons, though his work rarely kept him away from home, regularly kept him away from home. The oldest, Robert Todd Lincoln, was born in 1843 and was the only child to live to maturity. Edward Baker Lincoln, or Eddie, born in 1846, died February 1, 1850, probably of tuberculosis. Lincoln's third son, Willie Lincoln, was born on December 21, 1850, and he died of a fever at the White House on February 20, 1862. The youngest, Thomas or Tad Lincoln, was born on April 4, 1853, and survived, but his father... Well, and survived his father, but died of a heart failure at age 18 on July 16, 1871. Lincoln was remarkably fond of children, and the Lincolns were not considered to be strict with their own. In fact, Lincoln's law partner, William H. Hurden, would grow irritated when Lincoln would bring his children to the law office. The father, it seems, was often too absorbed, absorbed in his work to notice his children's behavior. Herdon recounted, I have felt many and many times that I wanted to wring their little necks, and yet out of respect for Lincoln, I kept my mouth shut. Lincoln did not note what his children were doing or had done. 
The deaths of their sons, Eddie and Willie, had profound effects on both parents. Lincoln suffered from melancholy, a condition now thought to be clinical depression. Later in life, Mary struggled with the stresses of losing her husband and sons, and Robert committed her for a time to an asylum in 1875. Let's talk a little bit about his military career. we got ten more minutes left in the show. When Lincoln returned home from the Black Hawk War, he planned to become a blacksmith. He didn't, but he formed a partnership with William Berry, 21, with whom he purchased a general store on credit in New Salem, Illinois. Because a license was required to sell customers single beverages, Barry obtained bartending licenses for $7 each for Lincoln and himself, and in 1833 the store became a tavern as well. As licensed bartenders, Lincoln and Barry were able to sell spirits, including liquor, for 12 cents a pint. Boy, that was cheap back then. They offered a wide range of alcoholic beverages, though, as well as food, including takeout dinners. Yeah, takeout's that old. <laughs> it was back to the mid-1800s. But Barry became an alcoholic, was often too drunk to work, and Lincoln ended up running the store by himself. Although the economy was booming, the businesses struggled and went into debt, causing Lincoln to sell his share. That March, he entered politics, running for the Illinois General Assembly, advocating navigational improvements on the Sagamon River. He could now draw crowds as a raconteur, but he lacked the requisite formal education, powerful friends, and money, and lost the election. <clears throat> Lincoln briefly interrupted his campaign, though, by the way, to serve as a captain in the United States and the Illinois militia during the Black Hawk War. In his first campaign speech after returning, he observed a supporter in the crowd and under attack, grabbed the assailant by his neck and the seat of his trousers and tossed him. Lincoln finished eighth out of 13 candidates, and the top four were elected, though he received 277 of the 300 votes cast in the New Salem precinct. So that just goes to show you, you know, the pull you get from wherever you're living at. But during this time, I mean, it was hard to to go with one side or another when both sides had good ideas. Lincoln served as New Salem's postmaster and later as a county surveyor, but continued his voracious reading and decided to become a lawyer. Rather than studying in the office of an established attorney, as was the custom, Lincoln borrowed legal texts from attorneys John Todd Stewart and Thomas Drummond, purchased books including Blackstone's Commentaries and Chitty's Pleadings, and read law on his own. He later said of his legal education that I studied with nobody. <laughs> okay, let's talk about, because uh, we, we're... Pretty soon we'll be running out of time. So we're going to talk about him being a prairie lawyer. In his Springfield practice, Lincoln handled every kind of business that could come before a prairie lawyer. Twice a year he appeared for 10 consecutive weeks in county seats in the mid-state across courts. 
This continued for 16 years. Lincoln handled transportation cases in the midst of the nation's western expansion, particularly river barge conflicts under the many new railroad bridges. As a riverboat man, Lincoln initially favored those interests, but ultimately represented whoever hired him. He later represented a bridge company against a riverboat company in Heard v. Rock Island Bridge Company, a landmark case involving a canal boat that sank after hitting a bridge. In 1849, he received a patent for a floating device for the movement of boats in shallow water. The idea was never commercialized, but it made Lincoln the only president to hold a patent. I never knew that. Lincoln appeared before the Illinois Supreme Court in 175 cases. He was the sole counsel in 51 cases, and from which 31 were decided in his favor. From 1853 to 1860, one of the largest clients was the Illinois Central Railroad. His legal reputation gave rise to the nickname Honest Abe. Lincoln argued in an 1858 criminal trial defending William Duff Armstrong, who was on trial for the murder of James Preston Metzger. The case is famous for Lincoln's use of a fact established by judicial notice to challenge the credibility of an eyewitness. After opposing witnesses testified to seeing the crime in the moonlight, Lincoln produced a farmer's almanac showing the moon was at a very low angle, drastically reducing visibility on the night of the murder. Armstrong was acquitted. Okay, we're going to finish reading this part, and then we're going to talk about his assassination. Leading up to his presidential campaign, Lincoln evaluated his profile in 1859 murder case with his defense of Simone Quinn Peachy Harrison, who was a third cousin. Harrison was also the grandson of Lincoln's political opponent, the Reverend Peter Cartwright. Harrison was charged with the murder of Greek Grafton, who was, as he lay dying of his wounds, confessed to Cartwright that he had provoked Harrison. Lincoln angrily protested the judge's initial decision to exclude Cartwright's testimony about the confession as inadmissible hearsay. Lincoln argued that the testimony involved a dying declaration and was not subject to the hearsay rule. Instead of holding Lincoln in contempt of court as expected, the judge, a Democrat, reversed his ruling and admitted the testimony into evidence, resulting in a acquittal of Harrison. Okay, we're down to the last few minutes of the show. We're going to talk just briefly about his assassination by John Wilkes Booth, and he was a well-known actor and Confederate spy from Maryland. Though he never joined the Confederate Army, he had contacts with the Confederate Secret Service. After attending an April 11, 1865 speech in which Lincoln promoted voting rights for blacks, Booth hatched a plot to assassinate the president. When Booth learned of this, Lincoln's intent, to attend a play with the General Grant and planned to assassinate Lincoln and Grant at Ford's Theater. Lincoln and his wife attended the play, Our American Cousin. 
On the evening of April 14th, just five days after the Union victory of the Battle of Appomattox Courthouse, at the last minute, Grant decided to go to New Jersey to visit his children instead of attending the play. Okay, on April 14th of 1865, hours before he was assassinated, Lincoln signed legislation establishing the United States Secret Service. And at 10.15 in the evening, Booth entered the back of Lincoln's theater box, crept up from behind, and fired at the back of Lincoln's head, mortally wounding him. Lincoln's guest, Marjorie, or Major Henry Rathbone, momentarily grabbed, grappled with Booth, but Booth stabbed him and escaped. After being attended by Char Dr. Charles Lilly and two other doctors, Lincoln was taken across the street to Peterson House. After remaining in a coma for eight hours, Lincoln sadly passed away at 722 in the morning on April 15th. And Lincoln was uh, properly buried in a, in a tomb. I've been there before. His wife and three of his four sons are buried there and it's an awesome place to go but i hate to say we're winding down on time for now glad you tuned in you listened to me and left everyone else alone this is jory's blue talk podcast and radio show where there's never enough to talk about so long for now